Say you want to have wealth and prosperity. Say you want to have a stable family. You need to be in an environment that fosters that. You need to be around friends who have achieved that. You want to be wealthy? Hang around with wealthy people. Hello, my friend, and welcome to this Friday episode of A Call to Leadership. I'm so glad you're here. Every Friday, it's just the two of us. No co-hosts, no special guests. We are just focused on you, on one tool that you can add to your leadership tool belt so that you can aim for greatness in serving others so that you can bind together and author a better future state. I mean, that's so much about what leadership is, at least effective leadership. And crafting a state that is better than the current one involves power. And we tend to look at power as sometimes negative, but if we utilize it correctly, we can influence in ways that are positive, helpful, healing, growing, expansive, progressive. And so think about the power mechanisms that we've discussed on the last six episodes. If you haven't listened to them or just listened to some of them, it's okay. You don't have to stop here. Listen to this entire episode and then go back and listen to the other six. They don't build on each other. They can be listened to at any point, anyone. And so just enjoy this particular power base, which is the power of your environment. It is in a power that we experience all the time. We cannot get away from it. We are always in an environment. And so our environment has the power to shape us. And we have the power to utilize our resources in shaping and crafting and creating an environment that influences others. So the environment plays a huge, huge part. And so we're going to break that down on this episode. We're going to talk about different factors that shape our environment. And then we're going to talk about some different factors that we can utilize to shape the environment around us. And it will be a game changer, friend. When we start to really focus on this, when we start to have intentionality about what kind of environments we are in that are shaping our behavior, shaping our thoughts, and B, what kind of environments we have, the possibilities to author and create that allow others to manifest their best possible work, their best possible ideology, their best possible understanding of the world around them, and their best possible outcomes. And that's powerful. So before we get deep into the conversation around power, we really need to focus on one thing first, and that is some of the theory and the research behind it. Don't start to check out. It's not boring. It's not dull. I do want to mention one particular person who is really resonant in this area, and Albert Bandura, Dr. Bandura, he had a theory years ago called the social cognitive theory. And you may not have heard this, you may have. It's worth looking into, it's worth studying. It's really also called the social learning theory. Bandura was a psychologist and he established this framework and emphasizes that there are interactions between obviously the individual and the environment. But according to Bandura, human behavior is influenced not only by external factors, but also by the cognitive processes, such as the way we observe the world the way we imitate, and the way we regulate ourselves. And that's all important for our conversation because this theory proposes that people learn through observing others, through observing their environment, and then they model behavior, right? So Bandura, years and years ago, he suggested that individuals can acquire new behaviors, new beliefs, new attitudes by observing the actions of others, the consequences that follow. So what does that mean? It means that our attention, our retention, our reproduction, our reinforcement, all 
have to do with our environment around us. So this is something that it may not sound like it's earth-shattering, but it's earth-shattering in the way that we really, really think about, oh my goodness, what kind of environment am I in? What is affecting my thinking? What is shaping my mind? You know, our minds are so pliable. They're so moldable. And whatever environment we are in for long enough, that environment has the power to change us. So the first question we have to ask is, is the environment I'm in helping to shape me to be a better person? Is it shaping me to be someone who is worthy to lead? Is it shaping me to be someone who has merit, who has integrity, who has honor, who's a good person, who walks in wisdom, who walks in faith, who walks in honor? If the answer is no, then it's likely you're not going to be an effective leader. But I know if you're listening to this show or if you're watching it on social media, that's not you. I know that if you're listening or you're watching that you want to be an effective leader. You want to be someone who is trustworthy. And that's where the rubber beats the road. When you have true trust, when people say, I will follow you because you have integrity, you have competence, you have character, you have commitment, you have competence, you have courage, you have caring, you have clarity. It's a lot of C's, right? You have what it takes. And you having what it takes doesn't start today. It started when you were in an environment that molded and cultivated those patterns. That's why Bandura's study is so important. In fact, when I was growing up, you wouldn't even think that I was where I am today, the way I grew up. And this is, again, the shaping of the power, the power of the environment. When I was growing up, man, I was in so much trouble. I had all kinds of issues. Even before I was driving age, when I was driving age, I lost my license because the judge said, Son, you got so many tickets, you don't even need a license right now. But before I got there, I still might have a lead foot, but it's only to 60 when I'm on the highway and maybe to 40 when I'm on the way to the grocery store. So nonetheless, I had a rough childhood, not any rougher than some may have had a much rougher childhood, but I had a pretty rough childhood. And dad wasn't around. Mom was working hard, two jobs. And I had a stepdad for a little while. And then by the time I was 14 years old, I was getting ready to go to high school. and just a lot of trouble at home. My mom and my stepdad were breaking up and it was breaking up our family. My little brother and my little sister, they were just so tiny and it was tough. My mom had a nervous breakdown. She was so mentally strained and my grades started to fail first year in high school, freshman. In the eighth grade, everything seemed pretty stable. I was actually a straight A student, but then F after F and I was just checked out. It was so tough mentally for me. And my mom ended up moving back overseas to Jerusalem, where she's from. And uh, I didn't want to go. So I went and moved back with my dad in Chicago, where I'm originally from. And that was tough for him because he inherited a kid with a big chip on his shoulder and a lot of problems. And God bless him. He didn't even know what to do with me. He never really raised his voice. He didn't know what to do. He was just trying to be as good a dad as possible. And uh, I wasn't doing so hot there in Chicago either. It was a rough part of town. It was Cicero, Illinois. There was two high schools, Morton East and Morton West. Morton West was the good school. My dad tried to put me in Morton West. They're like, no, you live in Morton East territory. That is not so good a school. So gangs, I mean, I was threatened to be beat up. If I would have worn what I got on today, if you're watching this, my black and white Adidas shirt, I would definitely have gotten jumped by 
some gang members. And that was just a life. It was so tough. And I struggled a lot. I started getting in trouble. I started getting in trouble with my buddies. I get locked up for curfew, my buddies and all kinds of other stuff. So it, it was an environment that began to shape me for a life of hardship. In fact, as I was moving through high school, we moved back to St. Louis when my mom came back from overseas and I was already on my trajectory to really nowhere. My environment was playing such an important role in my development. In fact, when high school was just about over, I was sitting at the pool with my buddy and I remember my buddy, Ed, we were just hanging out and talking. I said, man, I, I need to figure out a career path. Either I want to be a criminal or I want to go work for one of the FBI or the CIA. Like, what a stark contrast, right? But the problem was is that I didn't have the direction. So my environment was so tumultuous. And you might be listening. You might say, Nate, that's me. I was in that same environment. You might be listening and saying, man, I have no idea. I thought I've only seen that kind of stuff in the movies, right? Unfortunately, I did not select the FBI CIA path, right? I selected the criminal path. I mean, you know, and I wasn't like stealing trucks or anything like that. I just was doing dumb stuff, right? And that dumb stuff will catch up with you, right? So I'm in this environment doing a lot of dumb things. And eventually it catches up with me. Well, you can only imagine, right? What could happen from there? From there, I have to make some decisions. Man, is this the environment I want to be in? Some of my friends were okay. Some of my friends, not so much, right? I had to make some decisions. Are these the kind of people who I want to be? who I want to be like. Because if you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. That's a powerful statement, right? Because your friends are part of your environment. If you've got friends who are toxic, who are cancerous, who are leading you down a pathway to folly, really a one-way road to nowhere, that's where I was going, then you're going there too. If say you want to have wealth and prosperity, say you want to have a stable family, you need to be in an environment that fosters that. You need to be around friends that have, have achieved that. Do you want to be wealthy? Hang around with wealthy people. You want to be smart? Hang around with smart people. You want to be in shape? Hang around with people who are in shape, who are fit. You want to be wise? Hang around with wise people. You want to be strong person of faith? Hang around with strong people of faith, right? Change your environment. I love the REO Speedwagon song. If you're tired of the same old story, maybe it's time to turn some pages, right? What does that mean? Turning some pages means changing your environment, changing all of your setting. You can do that. If you're tired of the same old story, turn some pages, right? And that's what I had to do. I had to turn some pages. Thank you, REO Speedwagon, to change my environment. And once I changed my environment, I changed my focus, I changed my vision from a one-way road to nowhere to the possibilities. So I started going back to school. If you've listened to the show, I dropped out of college and started a business when I was 21. I went back to school when I was 26, 27. So you can imagine, so in, throughout high school, I don't know what I had, maybe like a 2.4 grade point average. My SAT was a joke. I'd rather hang out with a girl than study for my exam. By the time I changed my environmental setting and really focused and got serious about the future that I wanted, I graduated 
with honors. I had a 4.0, my undergraduate, summa cum laude. I'm not saying that to brag. I'm telling you just the power of changing the environment has monumental consequences. I changed my thinking about business from less about me to more about how I can serve others. And my business began to grow. I changed my environment in terms of my locations in my business. And my business increased five times in one season, one year. And our environment is not just in the physical realm. It's also in the virtual realm, right? Listening to this show is environmental. Your social media, what you're watching on YouTube, what you're watching on television, all of that, if you watch television, what you listen to on the radio, all of that is part of your environment. It shapes our thinking. It shapes our ideas. It shapes our beliefs. Then it shapes our behaviors. And of course, our behaviors then shape our output. Our output shapes our outcomes. Our outcomes shape our destination. Our destination shapes our destiny. That's the power of the the environment. So what are you listening to? I challenge you to inventory and assess what you're putting into your mind in the morning, during the day, in the evening. Is it conducive to the place you want to go as a leader, as a person, who you're listening to, what you're watching, who you're around? Are you around a lot of negative people? Are the algorithms speaking to your negative self-beliefs? right? Change that. I'm an optimistic person through and through, right? So most of the algorithms that I'm seeing are about positive impact, right? The positive mind is so powerful, right? It's part of your environment. The space between your ears is one of the most powerful and important environments on the planet. So protect it, use it, understand it, guard it, and wield it appropriately. That's the part of the environment that is about how we're affected because that effect has an impact on others. In fact, anytime I'm feeling down and my environment, maybe there's a situation in my environment that is difficult for me to handle, perhaps I'll watch a funny video. Maybe I'll listen to a song. Maybe I'll go for a run. Maybe I'll just meditate and pray for just a few moments and relax my mind and calm my spirit, right? Those are environmental changes for you. And for me, that's only one aspect of it. The other aspect is how we create environments for those of us who will be following. And I say that there is so much here. I'm going to be as detailed yet as brief as possible. We have the power to shape our entire environment, whether it's, again, the virtual environment or the physical. And we'll talk about the physical first. When you walk into an office and it's dead silent, and you just hear ticking of keys or doors closing or someone on the phone, I always think, wow, you know what? One power of the environment is missing here. What is that? It's music. Music has such an important role to play in the shaping of our minds, in the shaping of our attitudes, in the shaping of our motivation, our emotions. In fact, I was just on the phone today with a new client who is a professional singer. And We were talking about the power of music, and I was talking about how I was going to record this episode later in the day. I love to fill a room with music, whether it's at home, whether it's in my office at work, and music that is conducive to motivating and stimulating that emotion 
that I desire to create so that I can do my best possible work. So for example, when it's tax season, and those of you who have been listening, you may remember that I own a tax accounting and advisory firm. We do a lot of work around advanced tax strategies and tax advisory for businesses. And of course, we do work for individuals as well. But the, the atmosphere in an accounting firm is, if you've ever gone someplace to do taxes, it's probably not your favorite thing to do, right? It can be kind of stressful for a lot of folks. So I intentionally create an environment that is designed to release stress, to create joy. Right, Because our mission is to satisfy our clients' tax, accounting, and advisory needs so outstandingly that their joy becomes infectious. You say, who would put the words infectious joy and taxes in the same sentence? Nobody, except for me. Maybe somebody's done it. Nonetheless, think about the aspect of how we can create an environment that leads to greater joy. One of the things I can do is pump some cool music in. So sometimes I'll play some upbeat jazz. Sometimes it'll be some faith-based music. Sometimes it is going to be some funk. And that's usually during tax season when things are busy and people are coming in. So I'll play some Earth, Wind, and Fire. I'll play some, gosh, I'll play all kinds of stuff, Marvin Gaye. And, you know, it's just lively. It's alive. And you can see the energy really pick up in that room, right? Because people are like, yeah, oh, I like that. that. That song, I like grooving to that song, whatever. You can even dance in my office, right? The reason is because that power of the environment, that's just one aspect. Music plays a huge role, right? Use that music to influence the motion and emotion that you desired it to, to enliven in that environment. Another factor are your decorations. We call these artifacts. Your color schemes, the furniture, all of these factors play a role in the perception of your environment. So create an environment. If you need to hire interior decorator, if you need to hire someone to help stage, I love decorating. I love creating an environment where people feel attracted to be in, whether it's what's on the wall, the colors, the plants, the lighting, the flooring, all of that plays a part in how people feel. And here's the thing about how people feel. How people feel impacts their experience. And their experience impacts their behavior. And all of that is what? Related to the environment. When you hold an iPhone, when you hold a device that has a weight to it and it's beautiful. This is one of the things that Steve Jobs was so intimately focused on is that this device isn't just a piece of electronical equipment. It shapes an environment. It shapes an ecosystem. It shapes patterns of behavior and and action. So you have that power to shape and control your environment. But not only in the work setting and not only with music and artifacts, because those are important. And in fact, before I even go any further, think about your office. If you have an office, Think about what's in your office. I have some lightsabers in my office. I've got kind of a mini Star Wars theme. And it's cheery. It's fun. I've got a lot of scripture in my office to encourage people, especially if they're writing a huge check to the Internal Revenue Service, right? 
I've got all that in my office to give people a warm feeling in the office, have something to talk about, show that I have a fun side. That, again, is power. So what does that look like? Do an inventory around you. Is it drab? Is it just stark white walls? If that's okay, I'm not saying that stark white walls are drab, but I'm saying if that is what you have in your office, know that that's going to create a certain feeling. It's going to create a certain emotion. So think about that as you embark on this journey. Next, we're almost home. Power of your environment is so important. Power of your environment at home. What does your home look like? Is it a home that is warm and inviting? Is it a home that has a desire to fulfill your senses? Are your things arranged in your home to where they are comfortable? I love to have one super comfortable chair in my home. And that super comfortable chair for me is a chair I can just relax in. I can put my laptop on my knee. I can just type away. That's part of my environment. What does your exterior look like? I love having nice green grass. Is that your desire? You know, all of these factors are environmental. They all play a part on how you move forward in your day. All of them. And you can create a powerful and motivating atmosphere that fosters productivity. It can foster innovation, right? It can create influence and help decisions being made be more attractive, and it can shape behavior. I mean, in a family unit, parents or guardians, we have significant power over our family environment. We can establish routines, our parenting styles, our communication patterns, the rules that govern the household. All of these influences play a crucial role in shaping the relationships, the dynamics within the family, which have an impact on our environment. So, As we wrap up this episode on the environment, just know whether it's your car and it's not clean, it's all disheveled, or your hair, or whatever it might be, pay attention, be discerning, be intentional about creating an environment that is suited to telling the kind of story and creating the kind of experience that has the best possible outcomes for all stakeholders involved to what? To aim for greatness and serving one another to aim for that better future state. Well, my friend, thank you for joining me on this episode of A Call to Leadership. If you've been listening, you've probably heard me talk about our accounting and advisory business. And this show was actually born out of that business, those relationships. I found that entrepreneurs and professionals were missing aspects of their leadership that fed into their bottom line and helped their businesses be successful. So I'm so thankful that I've had all those years in that area to feed into this. And the truth is that so many people still need accounting and advisory help and they don't know where to go. If you're in that place where you feel, oh my goodness, my tax person or my accountant, I can't find them, or maybe the service wasn't up to my expectations, do not despair. I'll leave how you can find us in the show notes. And one of my team members can do some discovery and help you along your journey. You're not alone, my friend. You always have help. I'm Dr. Nate Sala. Can't wait to see you on the next show of A Call to Leadership.